Murderous biker gangs wreaking havoc on a road of destruction who can only be thwarted by a vengeful driving madman. It doesn't get any better than that. Or does it? We're not done here. We're just getting started. Gangs terrorizing a small town? <laughs> That's cute, but we've got some mask-wearing, flame-throwing lunatics who will make those guys look like your grandma's sewing circle. Forget some wet blanket partner named Goose. We've got the most loyal, badass dog you've ever fucking seen who's twice as good as Old Yeller. It's like he caught rabies and is still your friend. Boo-hoo-hoo! Were you sad when the wife and kid died? Well, hold my petrol. How about we drop a 50 megaton nuke on this motherfucker and kill almost everyone on the planet? Get fucking ready for the Road Warrior. Welcome back to episode 50 of The Holdup. Each month, we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years, watch it, and decide, does it hold up? I'm John Nelson. And I'm John Longino. And we're back! woo You thought you got rid of us? Well, you probably didn't. Here we are for part two of our four-part Mad Max quadrilogy, The Road Warrior! I know. And we're not only doubling up our output, our monthly output, we're really just putting it on. We're just, are we a weekly podcast now? What's, I, what's I know. It's, it's, it's stupid what we're doing. Just <laughs> going nuts. Uh, you can email us at holduppodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our website at holduppodcast.com and go to all of our social media sites and leave us messages and requests and... We don't have any emails between this time and the last time because we haven't even posted this one yet, this last one. So uh, we didn't get any new emails. But you can write us at holdupodcast@gmail.com. As I already said, why am I repeating myself? I don't know. But let's move on to the Road Warrior. Yes. Uh, so we gave we fucking go. Yeah. Now this is like this is sort of the one that probably needs the uh, the least intro, and probably is sort of a gimme. But you never know. You, you know, we watch some of these. Uh, we've discovered that there's sort of a, you know, we before we were like, well, there's a category we used to like it. Maybe uh, we were young and stupid. But there's also seeming to creep in lately this category of, like, well, we used to really like it, but we ourselves have changed as people. Exactly. So it's, well, you're, you're absolutely correct in that traditionally I would I would have thrown the Road Warrior into just like, oh, I don't even need to look. I know it's great. But what the interesting wrinkle about the Road Warrior is that I have not seen it since maybe the 90s. Okay. Like, I have super fond memories of it, and it's it's like, oh, yeah, obviously that one's amazing, but it, it's been a while. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, nothing gold can stay, and sometimes, <laughs> you know, things kind of fade. So who knows? I think it is worth checking. I'm not, like, totally certain. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty certain, but you never can tell. But speaking of which, when was the first time, when, what What are your memories around seeing The Road Warrior for the first time? Because this is the first Mad Max movie you that saw, That is right? correct, yes. Okay. Like I mentioned in the last part, uh, that the, my introduction to Mad Max was this movie, The Road Warrior. I never even heard of Mad Max, and I didn't even know what Thunderdome was. Um, <laughs> Um, this was one of those things, and this happened to me a lot, where my dad uh, was sort of a cinema guy, and in fact, he later became a, a film critic, and he would, in my childhood, just watch movies. And it was sort of, it, it wasn't like I was ushered over and, and like, hey, I'm going to show you this. There was just a lot of like, I'm a young kid, and I come and I sort of watch with it. <laughs> right. 
and you know whether i stay or go whatever he didn't much care you know but <laughs> he just wanted to watch what he wanted to watch and and actually that's actually a practice that i've carried over into my into my fathering <laughs> you just put on the road yeah. warrior and let well, your I mean, daughter I, come you know, over I, and watch. yeah I, when when leela gets older leela's my daughter i'll you know I, i'm not crazy i'm not showing her right. r-rated movies or anything but i like that idea of if you want to watch it come watch it but anyway my dad was watching the road warrior on television and I came and saddled up and watched it with him. And he I remember him saying, hey, this is your... He'd seen it before, but he was okay. like, oh, you're really going to like this one was kind of <laughs> the thing. But I had no context. I had no idea. He was taping it off TV and we were watching it. And so that that's my biggest memory of it is just sort of this thing just washing over me. And how old were you? And um, this would have been in the you know late 80s, early 90s. So I couldn't have been much older than maybe 10 wow probably, probably like 10 or 12 okay that's my guess that's I, probably you know, the best age to see these movies yeah. I, I imagine that i i could have maybe 13 like i don't i don't actually i couldn't pin it down to a year right. i just i just know i saw it but that happened a lot like my dad was not really that shy about showing me our movies right i mean obviously if there was like a strong sexual content or if it was like way out <laughs> if of people line, were getting bloodied and yeah. gored and their brains blown out that was fine but yeah. seeing a boob was too much it, yeah <laughs> well like like any honest red-blooded american my dad had no issues with me watching the most violent things you'll ever see but he also was very good at sort of letting me know that it was fiction right that was a strong emphasis like this is a movie this isn't real right so to me the violence was entertaining in a way that like i didn't think actual people were getting hurt i understood it was like a play right so uh that that you know but that being said i saw all sorts of violent shoot 'em up movies you know from from pretty early on like six seven years old right uh, you know i would see our movies with violence in them yeah it's funny what kids will will kind of absorb i tried to take my daughter to see the new godzilla king of the monsters movie and uh she was watching the monsters and had like zero issue you know monsters crushing cities committing basically genocide she's like <laughs> right. that's fine but then when like humans started being mean to the you know the, i forget her name the girl who plays 11 in stranger things she's in this movie whenever somebody started getting mean to her she got real anxious and eventually she got too scared because they keep putting her in in danger right. and so like well that's much more relatable well to yeah a kid, when the know? little kid is being threatened then suddenly it's like oh shit this is way too real and right. then you know we basically had to like uh split off and i watched the rest of the movie and uh mom and daughter went somewhere else but it was funny to watch like because I, I was convinced that like well the monsters are going to be real scary for her could not have given a fuck less and i'm guessing that mad max is kind of the same way it's like ah mutants and you know hockey mask wearing dudes with you know leather jock straps and cod pieces killing each other eh. yeah well it's silly right like it's it's i mean the move from my memory the movie takes it fairly seriously but it, it is ridiculous yeah it's and, ludicrous and honestly i as a child of the 80s it had more in common with like a gi joe cartoon for me <laughs> Than it did something real, you right? Know? Like it was, it was very much in line with the Saturday morning cartoons I would watch. So right. I slid right in there just fine. <laughs> well, uh, before we go further, it probably bears uh, repeating to the audience who maybe doesn't know what the Road Warrior is about. What's the Road Warrior about? Well, you know? the Road Warrior is a sequel to Mad Max, which we watched last time. Although here in the United States, it wasn't really marketed as such. A lot of people hadn't seen it. So it kind of stood on its own. At least the title in the United States was The Road Warrior. So yeah. In, in Australia, I believe it was Mad Max 2, maybe colon The Road Warrior. Right. But I know it was Mad Max 2 for sure. And what's interesting is even though this character from Mad Max that we watch carries over into this movie, it does kind of feel like a reset restart movie. You know, it doesn't really carry much. Right. over from the first movie other than the character and in this world from my memory it's 
full on post apocalypse. Right. As we talked about last time, we we even had sort of vague memories about wait, is Mad Max post apocalypse or not? We can't really remember. What it sort of turned out is Mad Max is sort of like an almost about to be apocalypse is sort of like the end of society and the, the kind of fall of the society. And in in Road Warrior, we open up in full nuclear post-apocalypse. Right. It's just a wasteland. <laughs> it's just there's most people are gone. And what remains is the empty desert, the road, cars, and various fortresses and stuff. And so for my memory, the Road Warrior is very much in keeping with the kind of Western theme. Right. Uh, Mad Max himself kind of goes full man with no name <laughs> and is just this lone gunman in the wasteland and right. with his, with a dog as his companion. Yeah. And he's just kind of coming along and he happens into what essentially amounts to a magnificent seven, seven samurai sort of plot. <laughs> right. Where there's a town that is a, ga- a gasoline refinery or, or whatever they have. There's a town that has a source of gasoline and then there's a roving band of lunatics uh, you know, wasteland madmen who uh, want the gasoline. And from my memory, Mad Max comes to town, sort of intervenes in a in a skirmish or something, and is is basically conscripted by the town to help them. Right, because he he kind of doesn't give a shit anymore. Right, his yeah. wife and family are gone, and he's like, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, he is the Mad Max from the end of Mad Max, where his his family is dead, and he's just a husk of a human being. Like right. his soul is gone, and he's just sort of mindlessly there. But I think there's sort of a theme of like, even though he's kind of given up on life, he's buried deep down. There seems to be a part of him that still kind of gives a shit. Right. Because he hasn't gone full anarchy lunatic. Right. He still sees some kind of right and wrong. Right. And sort of intervenes, even though he pretends like he doesn't care. Right. He kind of actually cares. I remember a woman whose name, unfortunately, escapes me, who sort of, I don't know if is like a love interest or anything, but it's definitely like his point person to the, the village right and i vividly remember a um gyrocopter pilot that's sort of this australian actor who is like you would recognize him the second you saw him this character actor who's in a bunch of movies uh, i remember him from like ace ventura when nature calls oh, wow. is like one of the one of the poachers in the movie he's uh in a deleted scene from lord of the rings oh wow return of the king where he's the mouth of sauron and all this stuff like oh, so yeah so he's this guy weird looking golem looking motherfucker that you would totally recognize he's the gyro captain and i remember him flying around in like this mini helicopter and it's basically goes full kind of starship troopers from what i remember it's just like <laughs> they have to defend the the petrol station from the invading army and i vividly remember that the villain is this shirtless just full roided out muscle man with a hockey mask <laughs> and like shoulder pads with spikes right i think correct me if i'm wrong nelson i remember his name is like the humongous or something like that oh like lord humongous maybe? yeah something, something completely like insane like yeah. like toe cutter wasn't good enough so we'd go <laughs> master humongous or whatever it's something laugh out loud silly yeah well that I, the thing i like about george miller is that he's always trying to top his ludicrousness <laughs> it's like yes as if you know, again, this pansexual like group of uh, of biker gang, you know, uh, nitwits wasn't good. They're like, okay, that's a good start, but what we need are like mutants, and they're fucking everything that moves, and they're singing songs, and I don't even know what all. And we got, yeah, toe cutter's good, but what else? The Night Rider, yeah, Lord <laughs> Humongous. That's what we need. Just silliness at this point. Which, but at the same time, the thing I like about these movies is 
the people are acting silly and ludicrous, but they're so dangerous and evil that it's like, well, it's hard to laugh sometimes because they are silly and stupid, but they do the cruelest things imaginable. Include, well, I mean, we've sort of alluded to to some of this. Should I do the big spoiler? Because this is all I remember about the Road Warrior. Certainly. Very specifically. I mean, we're, we're talking about our memories and you have right. given a spoiler warning for those that <laughs> you, don't now you, now you've been warned. Much like Old Yeller, the dog dies, folks. The oh, mutants. I actually don't remember that. You didn't remember that? Oh, oh but that, I'm not. I'm not surprised. That's one of the few it. things I remember is that, yeah. that, like, I mean, I remember like the general feeling and just you know cars exploding and stuff, but and you know the hockey mask and all that. But like, yeah, at one point, like they're fighting a battle and then the dog is just like standing, like Mad Max has been knocked out and the dog is like standing on a rock and one of the mutants gets this big like grin on his face, pulls out a crossbow and then the next thing you know, the dog's gone. I, I, I no, well, let me put it this way: I think the dog is gone. I mean, may, I may be remembering this. Uh, wrong and later on he survives (laughs) I just saw a movie the other night it's totally like it's called Ms. 45 it's by Abel Ferreira and it's like they make this big deal out of like she takes a dog you know the lead character takes a dog off screen and you know points a gun at it and that's the last you see and you just assume she killed it because she's killing everything else in this movie and then the whole movie happens and then the, basically the credits are about to roll and then the dog like comes to the door and that's the I mean <laughs> you've been thinking this dog's been dead for an hour oh, anyway wow. it's just full of dog's purpose yeah point, exactly like, coming back okay. so uh yeah anyway um the dog dying was like a because <laughs> I just remember watching it as a as a teenager and being, you know, you're entering your cynical phase and figuring out that the world sucks. But even that, like, hits you in the heartstrings like, oh, like they terrorize not the and, dog, not the dog. Yeah, yeah, they kill like half the people in the village. They're murdering women and children. They're raping. They're doing whatever. And you're like, yeah, whatever. The world sucks. But they kill the dog. And you're like, come on, guys. That's not right. <laughs> so I remember that very specifically. I, you know, and more anything else, it's like hard for me to remember specifics. I sort of have a vague memory of them, the the biker gang being very kind of Randall Flag in Vegasy, where they're. I, I feel like they're making crucifixions or some kind of sacrifice. Like, oh, okay, like they're that fucked up that I think they're tying people up to to their cars and 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 by the way they get an upgrade from the previous gang so the previous game was just motorcycle gang right this is kind of the first one where we got a big mac truck and a bunch <laughs> of random hobgoblin shit and like and we're just living out of this massive vehicle and it, it's it there's ropes and it's almost like a pirate ship yeah and there's it's like, like totally chicken crazy. wire and guns and this is where they really do it up they put like anything that can be nailed to a car they yes. do it which is just amazing because there's some really clear i mean and it just gets worse and worse for the next uh, couple movies but this is the one where it's just like it looks like grungy and dirty and it just i mean because they're still sort of low budget so they are still sort of just like well i don't know uh, take that armor plating and i don't know put it on the back right and, you know well because the visuals from this film sort of hit a tone that is carried over into a ton of things like i, I remember a lot of they're, they're sort of repurposing of modern things as armor or whatever. You know, it's like, oh, the woman's shoulder pads or or chest armor is like a piece of a car or like right. a scrap metal or just what it's like repurposed items that you would recognize from modern times as like armor and weaponry. And, right. you know, and also this one has less of an emphasis on guns, if I remember, not that there aren't guns, there are, <laughs> but the idea is like resources are limited. So even though there's bullets and stuff, there's this one has a ton of you know like axes yeah and crossbows it's bow, more bow and arrows it's and more medieval yeah and, yeah totally so so that kind of imagery when you think road warrior and you think this post-apocalypse 
I can't. I my God, we could list so many things that that just take this and wholesale rip it off. Oh yeah. It, I mean, there's you know the first thing that comes to mind is the Fallout video game series. <laughs> He's straight up just Mad Max. Right. It's like a lone warrior in the wasteland with a dog. You know. Right. It just exactly. is Mad Max. And then you know, th- obviously, Waterworld, like just wholesale right. rip this stuff off. And th- th- anytime you think like post-apocalypse, it's really. Mad Max and Road Warrior specifically that kind of set the tone for that. Yeah, well, they, I mean, we were talking you know, we're talking about the '80s, which is like this is the first kind of you know people had been living with the atomic bomb for years, and you know that's where Godzilla and a lot of other things come from. But it's one of the first like considerations of well, what would happen if you survive this because most of the time it's like well atomic energy will either mutate you or kill you, and then the whole idea is like well what would society look like. After, you know, because there was a lot of like after the bomb type shows coming out. There was uh, a mini series on TV called The Day After. There was a lot of like fear of the nuclear bomb because it was we were, you know, I was a kid in the 80s and it was just a point where people were like living with this fear of like they could launch those at any time. And the Russians and the Americans are kind of always like dick measuring and saying, well, we could blow you up. And so it was real. And I'm sure that. Australia being like, hey, we don't have that much. Guys, please don't set off the nukes. They they must have felt like kind of helpless in the middle of this. It's like, well, we're going to die by somebody else's hand. And what is this going to look like? Anyway, it, it's a real like um, it's like that thing in movies where like, oh, you know, Night of the Living Dead, whether it meant to or not, is like a, you know, a, a civil rights kind of metaphor. Right. Uh, and Mad Max is like a real like, hey, we're really afraid of blowing each other up and what, you know, societal breakdown, basically. It's right. like, what what are we going to do to each other when, you know, there's no more, when, when we're not threatening each other anymore, when it's just gone. So, yeah, and it was one of the first like visions of that. And I think, Certainly. He, yeah, I mean, he obviously took his, his original vision of just, you know, uh, people on the road shooting at each other and just went like full tilt I, and it's great <laughs> for right. that and and in all fairness while this post-apocalypse is certainly one of the most visually memorable it's not like george miller completely invented this genre i would point to something like the book i am legend right and, and even the film you know adaptations of that is maybe your kind of first blueprint of post-apocalypse i mean if I, I don't, I can't remember if it's like this in the book. I know in the Will Smith film, he has a dog. <laughs> right. And is in the post-apocalypse. I don't think that's entirely a coincidence. And something like, you know, the Omega Man or right. the Last Man on Earth would be your first kind of film version of this, like, I'm alone in yeah. the wasteland kind of vibe. Well, and even Dawn of the Dead and stuff, movies like that Certainly. do kind of yeah, the depict zombie an films. apocalypse. Yeah. I think the difference with the nuclear one is, like, not only is society... Like, the Omega Man is famous because, like, it's filmed in an empty city or an apparently empty city. Uh, same with I Am Legend, same with, you know, the, the Dead movies. This one, it's like, well, society was not... You know, people were not only killed, but everything you know, the buildings were destroyed. You know, it, like, like you say, it's become a wasteland. The society that we understood has been wiped out, and all remnants of it are just reusable like maybe <laughs> you know there's right. there's not radio you but maybe you can take the batteries and power something with it you know it's just like everything you knew has been trashed and that's part of the you know his uh, uh his look of these films is everything is grungy and trashy and dirty filthy <laughs> right and actually uh, to give george miller credit while there may be sort of a political undertone to the nuclear anxiety He's really sharp in that he doesn't make it the focal point of the movie by any means. No. I mean, even something... I love Night of the Living Dead. Like, right. great film. But even... That's politics are 
pretty paper thin. Like right. people have whole monologues where it's like, no, we got to work together, man. And, you know, and it's like very clear. Right. Whereas Mad Max or and even Road Warrior. Yes, it has a sort of political message kind of baked underneath it, but it is by no means the focal point like to me the focal point is spectacle and right. craziness and mm-hmm. it, it's just to the point of absurdity i mean they're almost absurdist films right. like they're so crazy well and i think i i i mentioned this last time in the first movie i had remembered uh like before somebody crashed into a truck that they went all looney tunes bug eyes i think that one is in here too because i'd be surprised I've, there's like an imagery that i think i saw like f- a few years ago where it's like a dude is about to fly into the air like after he crashes his truck and his eyes go bug-eyed and then he himself like flips like he's on wires or something i don't know how they did it but i think he carries over that like looney tunes cartoonish thing so it's almost i mean maybe he's not saying this maybe he's just like eh, i just like that image but it could be that he's sort of like eh it's a little cartoon. We're we're don't we're not wholesale like, you know, going uh, you know, full rapey and murdery. <laughs> Cuz I mean, there's well, a lot of that kind of sure. stuff. Well, certainly the the kind of really CD tones of the original Mad Max that was just fucking brutal. Like like it had kind of rape uh, connotations. It had that kind of last house on the left feeling yeah. like we were talking about. That I feel like Last House on the Left is kind of left behind for Road Warrior. Like it's not that. Uh, like it, it's way more. Yeah, from, right. from my memory. Well, like you said, I think it's closer to Magnificent Seven than Last House on Definitely. the Left. But for me, it's been a while too. I don't even remember. I think I've seen it previous to the 2000s at this point. I don't remember the last time I've seen it. It's right. I, I've seen it within like 30 years, but beyond that, I couldn't tell you because I saw it as a teenager. And I think I said this last time, I I probably started watching it like around midnight or two in the morning or whatever. And so the weird post-apocalyptic imagery like blends with like my dreams as I'm like kind of falling in and out of sleep. So that's part of why I can't remember a lot of it. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. I I kind of feel the same way. It's also been over 20 years for me. And I, I definitely have a memory of the feeling of the movie. Right. But I don't have a lot of like, well, and then this happened and that happened. And we, we, we even mentioned this for Mad Max. It's sort of like. It's interesting that these movies have that feeling. Like right. you can't really break down like an A to B to C <laughs> plot. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just remember like, yeah, it was great. Yeah. And it was rad. Well, I mean, and then by the time we get to Fury Road, I mean, here's a little bit of a spoiler. Fury Road can be summed up like this. Uh, there's a lot of car chases. Right. They're That's going it. a direction. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're running from the bad guys <laughs> for an hour. And, you know, people get shot. The end. Right. And I think there is value to... A, a spectacle based film like there is some, and but but what comes with that is and here's my concern is i have the fondest of memories for road warrior <laughs> i remember it being amazing there is a very distinct possibility that it is a mid-80s action movie that while it was fiercely original at the time and really set the template for things to come that in the years since perhaps it has been outdone Sure. In its action. And while I was like blown away as a child, now having seen things like The Raid and all, you know, all sorts right. of crazy ass action movies, I wonder if it'll seem quaint or, or sort of not. At, but but at the same time, there's such a pro wrestler vibe <laughs> that it's so crazy that, that I, I'm hoping that kind of pulls it through. Yeah, I mean, even as you know, if I hadn't seen Fury Road, I would maybe have more doubt in my mind. But even by the time Fury Road comes around, it's like people are still nutso. And he's still got that talent for making the bad guys just crazy for no good reason. Right. Except that, like, 
obviously a post-apocalyptic wasteland would probably drive you insane and this kind of behavior is like well why not why why shouldn't you you know roam the lands and do what you will because who cares anymore but also i was gonna say uh, if we had not just seen mad max I might have more doubt in my mind about the spectacle of it. That's fair. That's Fucking super Mad fair. Max, like, erased the doubt in my mind. Because to me, Mad Max, when I saw... Because I saw Mad Max and Road Warrior fairly close together when I first saw them. Like, within probably a year of each other. So, to me, Mad Max seemed obviously inferior. So, I'm just waiting for, like, Road Warrior to be like, yeah. Right. And now, that, that is a very great point. That there is sort of a flip side to the coin. Where there is outdated and quaint. And then there's this kind of past bump of... Now everything's computer generated right. and super fake. Mm-hmm. And so old movies that are really spectacle heavy sometimes get this huge quality bump because like we just haven't seen that kind of thing in a long time. Right. Because they just don't do it anymore. Right. At all. And you know the funny part about it? I mean, digging a little deeper into that, the funny thing is I might even have more respect for the Road Warrior now because when I was a kid, I did not appreciate the work that went into that, the life-threatening work right. that went into that. Because it was just to me like, eh, it's a movie, it's not real. It's a cartoon. Yeah, Ooh, people, yeah. I, you know, you would your parents, as I am telling my child now, it's like, oh, it's all fake, it's okay, nobody really got hurt. Didn't somebody die in that film? Shh. <laughs> but like, yeah, super dangerous stuff. So as a kid, you're sort of like, eh, it's just made up and spec. So you don't necessarily look at it and go, holy shit, that guy could have like blown his fucking head off. Right. There is sort of a, it, Mad Max definitely had this, a sort of stunt show element yeah. of just watching it being like, oh my God. How in the hell? Well, and, and knowing that it was done on the cheap, you're like, they probably didn't have anybody like making sure that would work, did they? And it was like, people were just like, yeah, we're pretty sure if it blows up, it'll head this direction. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, I don't know which way it's going to go, whether yeah. it's dated or still fiercely awesome. I really want to find out. Well, I have a real like soft spot in my heart for Westerns, especially. And anything that like plays at Western genres or uh, uh, conventions, but isn't a Western, I especially love those. So Mad Max, Road Warrior, that kind of stuff just hits my sweet spot. But uh, I mean, I guess we're at that point. John it does Longino. sound like it. Yes. What do you think? Is the Road Warrior going to hold up? Yes, I think it will, um, mainly for the points we talked about. One, that Mad Max held up. Right. And that was the one if I, you know, I actually was a little on the fence about of yeah. like, uh, maybe this won't be as good because I didn't really like it as much the first time I saw it. And we watched it and we really liked it a lot. Yeah. And I remember how I felt about Mad Max versus the Road Warrior back in the day. Yeah. Where to me, the Road Warrior vastly outshined Mad Max. <laughs> so the fact that we walked away from Mad Max happy, I'm really hopeful we're, we're in for a treat. So yeah. I think that the Road Warrior will hold up. I'm not 100% certain, but it, it seems a good bet. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to say it holds up, too. This seems like the only gimme of the whole thing, perhaps. Um, yeah, but there is that little bit of, like, it would be funny if we, like, watched the Mad Max and we're like, this movie's not so much, and we watch like, god damn, that's something or other. Then you watch the Road Warrior and you're like, that's pretty good-ish, but that Mad right. Max, holy shit. Well, expectations go a long way. Right. There's, there's a difference between going to a movie going like, eh, maybe this won't be good, and being like, oh, wow. Holy versus shit. Versus like, this is going to be the best fucking movie ever, and then you're like, oh, it was okay, but not as good as like I hyped it. Yeah. And I, Well, I, of the three, of the three original Mad Maxes, I mean, this certainly has, this is on a lot of top like 100 lists. Yeah. I mean, this is probably an easy one, but just in case, we're going to go check. So I think it's time to go watch The Road Warrior. We'll be back. This is what it has come to. Look! Help They're coming back! Come on, move it! Here is where it shall be decided. Ready? 
without gas. The Amongus rules the wasteland! I'm gravely disappointed that you wish to take the gasoline out of the wasteland. Defend the fuel. We'll never walk away! Give me the pump, the gasoline, the whole compound. This is a land that prays for a hero. Well, if anyone's gonna get in there, it's gonna be you. This is Mad Max 2. Max. It's a long time since I've seen driving like that, man. The warrior of the road. You're okay by me, pal. Gotta hand it to you, Treasure. The last of the V8 interceptors. Every day we get weaker while they get stronger. You wanna get out of here? You talk to me. Now, to do the job, I need some high-octane gasoline. Got yourself a deal. You can run, but you can't hide! You're gonna crash, or crash through. I was wrong about you. I'm sorry. When it's every man for himself, and there's no place left to run. When all that's left is one last chance. Pray that he's still out there. Somewhere. Mad Max 2. And the road warrior? That was the last we ever saw of him. He lives now only in my memories. We're back. Woohoo! From the apocalypse. Man! <laughs> Mr. John Nelson, my... Yeah. My God, <laughs> I feel like I just had sex again for the first time. <laughs> Whoa, I'm in that postcoital haze of, I don't have a care in the world. Oh, wow. Just, just going to eat some pizza. Yeah. Give up your dreams of uh, wrestling at uh, middleweight. Oh, man, that was something. Holy cow. That, and that was. I got to say, George Miller, uh, you can tell he's uh, evolved as a filmmaker between Mad Max and Road Warrior because he learned the lesson of put the best car chase at the end. Yes. Not in the first 20 minutes. Yes. It, it helps to, instead of starting strong, to end strong. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what a difference it makes. Wow, that was okay. Well, first and foremost, my my notions of like, this is going to be quaint or dated or, or somehow <laughs> not exciting. Uh, throw that in the trash because this was a, a fucking amazing movie to watch. Like it was so entertaining. I know from like top to bottom. I mean, it really is like just uh, it, it's barely a plot. I mean, it's the Magnificent Seven yeah, all over. I again. mean, it's there. It's it's the skeleton of a plot, which is really all you need. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just an excuse for <laughs> mayhem and murder and oh my god. Yeah, but I mean, shit. You th- we thought the stunts in Mad Max and the original film were impressive, and we were pretty blown away by those. This is like that, literally on steroids. Like bring yeah. in the humongous, yeah. bring in. It, Man, it is fucking nuts. Like, that shit holds up for... Well, hey, hey, hey guess what? Spoiler <laughs> alert. Here, I'll, just, I'll just get it out of the bag. The road warrior fucking holds up. It holds up like gangbusters. Because I was, like, really surprised. Like, it, w- it was fucking super entertaining to watch. The action scenes are just, like, incredible. 
incredible. And then yeah. we were talking about the HD upgrade on Mad Max. This was like, oh my god, wow. There's even a part in the beginning that I guess was only made for the American audiences, and it's like this four by three, and it's like it, it's the explanation basically that American audiences needed or didn't need not real i don't think you needed it but it's like oh here's you know the nuclear apocalypse has turned everything to shit and people had to drive their cars and steal gas and all that and they basically told you know the backstory of mad max in this little four by three thing and <laughs> right. we were both kind of like is this gonna be the whole is it i mean four by three it looks like crap but okay okay and then like it blew up to like no here's the fucking hd well there was a little nerd anxiety of like oh my god are we watching the wrong format or is this a bad transfer or something it was just no that's just the stylistic choice of the sort of intro of the movie right they were doing it on purpose um and so, but speaking of the apocalypse, we've been sort of, I guess we've been laboring under sort of a misapprehension. The movie sort of details the apocalypse happening, but the, it's sort of a retcon, actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. First and foremost, I don't, I had it infused in my brain that Road Warrior was a post-apocalyptic movie that had, that took place after a nuclear holocaust. Right. And... I think I just grafted that or, or well, maybe I mean, it was a there. misassumption. I mean, it, it seems like it, but but there's no discussion of I mean, they talk about in this in the sort of newsreel section, they show essentially like World War Two footage. Yeah. And then sort of talk about that, that, you know, nations fought each other and there was a fire and all. But but there's no imagery of like an atomic bomb. Well, there or was anything like, like a, there was kind of like one brief instant of that looked like an atomic explosion maybe but nothing like really overt like right. it wasn't like watching a godzilla movie well, where it was like really obvious it was right. it was kind of vague and, and so they also kind of alluded to the two great tribes of the earth started fighting, you know which is the u.s and russia sure. i would assume um but they all but they retconned mad max into this post-apocalyptic thing so if the nuclear holocaust happened it happened before mad max in this scenario right which but obviously there's this very big transition of society like mad max is working a job like right. he has a paycheck and a family well you know. i mean we presume we, we well, all, sure he's got a family he's living in a house well, but enough oh, where like he can go to a gas station or they say oh hey that ice cream store is open i mean this that is not evoking <laughs> like a wasteland no that's that's true at all and then yeah you're right this movie just opens full post-apocalypse and it seems to presume that that's what's going on but i, I mean you can sort of read it as like well the apocalypse you know things were falling apart anyway and then the apocalypse happened and then things just slowly deteriorated for, i right. mean i mean can, it, it is a natural logical progression from where the last movie left off where like you know this sort of outskirts like everyone's fighting for themselves thing you could see how it could get to what it is but it wasn't like it was right there in mad max right but ultimately I, it's interesting we're talking about mad max because i had i had very much said that the road warrior sort of stands on its own as its own movie which i think it does absolutely does but, but now watching it in order i can see how it's a sequel like right. there's little touches that i just never even really paid attention to or noticed that like there is a logical sequel to this where where if you were a fan of mad max and you saw this it, it, it is mad max 2 right he has a he has like a Forrest Gump leg brace, right? Where in the previous movie he got shot, so there's continuity of like, hey, we remember he was injured, 
and now we're going to explain away these things right yeah he's sort i mean he's older he's grayer he's got like these gray streaks in his hair so you don't exactly know how much time has passed yeah the the sort of people he's helping he, uh, one guy has this whole monologue where he's like what happened to you how did you get this way what and he's kind of running down this list of stuff and he <laughs> he ultimately gets to like what you lose your family is that what happened and then the guy gets clocked in the face so they, they actually never outright say by the way mad max lost his wife and kid right but if you know that you, it, it makes sense in that moment why he's punching the guy out right. like he's touched a nerve yeah so well, yeah, there's continuity for sure there's continuity but the great thing is again if you saw road warrior first it would almost seem like oh this is the best written like subtle backstory ever i mean they keep right. alluding to these things that happen but you never see it so yeah i kind of i yeah it's weird to see it as part of a sequel but he's almost a I mean, he's the same character, but he's a different character because sure. he's been just so like deadened by life at this point. He's well, yeah. It's I think it's appropriate that they don't go so much into his backstory because he is more of just a full cipher of of just kind of uh, like more like an archetype than a actual character. You right. Know? He's he's so, sort of a blank canvas. You can just <laughs> kind of put whatever into right. Uh, but I mean, and he even manages to have a few little Mel Gibson touches, although he is a little bit more serious than he was in the last movie. He, the, you know, he turns down the charm a little bit, um, but there's a, a feral kid in this, uh, little society that, <laughs> right, a little he, dog boy <laughs> yeah, that he sort of adopts, but you know, he, he keeps being kind of grumpy about like, you know, don't, don't follow me around kid. Don't, you know, go away. But you know, he's got a, you can tell he's got a thing for him. He gives him this little sure. like music box thing. I mean, and, shit, I have a thing for him. This kid won me over in like five seconds. Cause <laughs> Well, because he has a razor sharp boomerang <laughs> he, he scurries out of a rat hole and then while th there's the opposing gang who wants the and our our memories of the plot are pretty accurate like right. they're well, a, again that that two-line plot yeah. description is, is all you need but all you need to know is they're in an oil refinery and this gang is once in and is trying to get the gas and so this kids there's sort of a standoff where the humongous i was correct about that this muscle bound roided out monster with a hockey mask is is pronouncing to the group he has and i was right there was a sort of crucifixion thing where he has victims tied up to the front of their cars right almost like she body shields yeah. human shields or something and he's pronouncing you know regally that, that he's going to give them a day and, and they need <laughs> to leave and all and this kid scurries out of a rat hole just out of nowhere chucks a boomerang a bladed boomerang which goes right into this guy's head uh, yeah. pretty much immediately. <laughs> well, like one of you know, there's they've set up, a, you know, a, a sort of a henchman, a main henchman with the red mohawk. Yes. And he's got his own little, like, you know, boyfriend on the side who is <laughs> apparently just there to be his companion. It's a little like the gimp. Like, he basically yeah. has his own gimp that's just, like, riding along shotgun with him. And I don't know the red mohawk guy's name. Did he have a name? No, not at all. I mean, uh, if it, there. There's a reason that the tag team wrestling group was called the Road Warriors, if you ever watched them, because they just blatantly took this. But it, it, that's the image. Every, the, the gang is is big football outfit with spikes. Everyone's got a mohawk and then just looks like a psychopath. And Any, that's his look. Anyway, the kid throws this razor sharp boomerang. The redheaded, the red mohawk dude ducks, and his <laughs> gimp gets hit in the head or in the face with this yeah. razor sharp boomerang, kills him right off. <laughs> and so this guy is is furious that his sex slave is is killed. <laughs> 
and he's val. He, it's it's and I said this while I was watching the movie. It's very much that '80s Die Hard thing where you know the guy in Die Hard whose brother gets killed by <laughs> right. John McClane, and then he's just insane with rage and revenge and like it just it doesn't even care what the caper is like right. just wants to Stops kill listening to the John boss McClane. yeah whereas in this die was hard, kind of the same deal yeah die hard he was he was just hard to control and he would keep turning off his mic when he was supposed to be you know doing what hans gruber said here humongous just chains him up he like yeah, leashes him like on a, a chain feral dog <laughs> they're just like okay have at it you know yeah and at one point they cut him off the chain so he can uh, do his business Oh, also in that little boomerang scene, there's a weird kind of character, this guy that has like a mole skin, you know, coonskin cap or whatever. And he he's speaking for the humongous like that humongous will now tell you and he'll look how he would. And he fancies himself like a boomerang guy. So the boomerang's kind of coming around and he reaches his hand up to just grab it in the air <laughs> and it cuts all his fingers off. And it was around that time. And this is like 20 minutes into the movie that I was like, well, this is the greatest fucking movie I've ever seen. Like, they wasted <laughs> no time. Within five minutes, it's like one guy gets it in the face, another guy's fingers are flying, and everyone's laughing. The gang's That's like the basically thing. making fun they're of They're all like gremlins. Some One of their friends gets fatally hurt, and they're like, ah, you asshole. Yeah. So it's sort of the tone of the biker gang from the first movie, but whereas the biker gang was more last house on the left, kind of scary, weird. This is just really funny. Yeah, they are. And they're leaning in. This must have been the most fun set to be on. I, I would just, <laughs> if right now George Miller was like, you want to throw on some shoulder pads and jump into this? I'd be like, absolutely, yes. <laughs> but you have to jump off a truck <laughs> racing at 85 miles an hour. It just looked like a blast. Like, everyone's just a wrestling character, basically, and everyone's going crazy. Yeah. Th there were great touches on the humongous with his veins, like, bulging and pulsing. Yeah, like, he's total, like, Jason Voorhees. Yeah. He's got the hockey mask and, like, the, like the bald hair shredders with like yeah his, with like wispy long yeah. hair in the back so you can see the veins bulging on his head it's crazy it's, he's almost like subhuman or something like right. he's like a monster like wow well, yeah obviously which they're going for because you never see under the mask no, all you see is never. like his dilated eyes <laughs> underneath the mask but he has a case in which he carries his like family heirloom revolver <laughs> that has like a 1920s family photo on it and like a purple heart or something like right i love those kind of things like there's no real story to that it just the visuals are so strong yeah everything feels so lived in and textured and every you know it has a story to tell yeah the production design is insane because they're really just like not only are they like reusing kind of items in different ways but it's just like like you say every item sort of they've tried to like make as loaded as possible it's like well not only is it you know a, a gun in a case but the case is nice and velvety and it's been kept <laughs> nice this whole time which is the only nice thing in the whole movie <laughs> right yeah i mean everybody's like got their little thing you know the you know the little music box that uh you know mad max finds it's right. obviously like a broken little piece of a thing but it still works and, and everybody's it's playing just, happy birthday it's right? playing happy birthday and everybody's just fascinated by it yeah just all these little things that just obviously the uh for the people living in that world it would mean everything these little tiny things so it's awesome that they have really kind of thought it out like every little thing has a has a purpose which is yes. great especially in a world where like you can't you know just hold on to things just to hold on to them and there is this interesting theme of almost healing from trauma like yes. like mad max lost his family in the first movie. these are the things i actually like watching it in order and, and sort of comparing it as a sequel to the first one right where mad max has lost his family and has his trauma so i think it's very fitting that he befriends this 
dog child <laughs> <laughs> that he hands that that music box. There's a scene where he very playfully hands it to him. So even though he's kind of trying to play a badass, there's this weird sort of healing there. It's right. like I'm taking you on as a surrogate child or something. And th- and th- this feral kid really, really takes a liking to Mad Max and ends up riding with him in the big finale. And then they go as far as the narrator of the whole movie. They do this thing where like, and that was me, the dog boy. <laughs> right. It starts off with like a Conan's, you know, right. uh, you know, uh, in uh, high bore. Yeah. And H, you know, it's, yeah, it exactly at the end, it was like, like and the road warrior was never seen again. And the child went on to become the elder of the tribes. He is I, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because there's this fan theory and we, you know, we can talk a little bit more about it in a couple of episodes, but there's this fan theory that because Tom Hardy replaces Mel Gibson in uh, Fury Road, some people have decided that that's the feral kid from the Road Warrior who has grown up and is now uh, calling himself sure. Mad Max, which, I, you know, it, unless there's something in the next couple movies to uh, uh, take me off that, I like that theory. <laughs> well, I, I think I also figured out what really makes the Road Warrior work in a way that Mad Max kind of didn't quite achieve. It, it, they have the same incredibly strong visuals and great action, but we mentioned that Mad Max has story issues. Right. Like, it's sort of like, everything about this looks great. Yeah. And the performance is great, but the story's eh, kind of <laughs> not all there. Right. Like, there's flaws. I love that they strip this down to just pure archetypal drama, and so they basically take their great visuals and their great, you know action set pieces and stuff and then just graft it on to your traditional sort of archetypal thing right and it's almost like less is more like yeah. there's 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 not halls of justice and here's all this discussion about <laughs> the state of things no one just kind of says anything right and because they give you less you're able to bring your own stuff into it so you yeah. can kind of identify with little heroes and moments you like and the villains are very villainous and it's way more uh, like that yeah um, and and i think it serves it well because it has a, a much better story to it yeah well and the thing that i like is that they've even taken the max character and i mean they've changed him by making him he wasn't all that chatty in the first movie and they've i think they said he's got like 16 lines of dialogue yeah i believe it and he's not the only i mean most of them don't have that much dialogue it's it's kind of just like they give you the barest to kind of move on every once in a while somebody will say something and you'll be like and and quite often and i found this was the case in mad max as well quite often people will be saying things but like in the background there will be like engines revving or chains dangling you know there's a lot of sound like kind of interfering with you listening sure. to it or even the score oftentimes the score, the score is like overpowering the dialogue and that might just be a mix issue they might not have done it on purpose but like you don't necessarily need to hear every word they're saying because you kind of get the general idea when someone shouts like, oh they need to move the gas to the to the car okay you know yeah. you get the very basic idea and it's like ah, it's kind of nice to not like have to pay i mean you try to but it's like it's nice that not every line of dialogue is like well you've got to pack so much in it's like like you say you're packing your own stuff in and they've just got this a to b to c thing they're doing so yep. yeah and even uh, mad max is a character you know instead of this revenge movie he's basically straight up han solo like you know <laughs> they, they take that smuggler with a heart of gold thing. right i'm just here for the petrol that's all I want, and I'm leaving. Oh, wait, here I come, and I'm going to save the day, and actually right. I do care. You know, that that's an old tried-and-true tale that I always like, you know? Right. And, and the, the only part of the movie that I, I struggle with, and I, I understand why it happens, but they give him this scene. He's doing the Han Solo scene where he's like, I'm just taking my money and leaving, 
And every, everyone's he, he saves the day and everyone's like, my God, you're the best here. Take my shotgun shells. Take whatever. Like you're, you're the hero. And they're re- ready to crown him their leader, basically. And he's right. just like, hey, guys, that, that's great. And all. I'm out of here. Right. And I'm totally fine with him leaving and stuff. But then his reward is he just rides out and gets his fucking ass kicked right. like, real hard. Like they basically just knock him over all but his car explodes really down and out and and i can't help but question why what mad max was thinking it's an interesting movie where there's so much male bravado that he just gets his ass handed to him right the whole reason he's not kind of doing it is he's like well you know i don't want to be part of this sounds like a suicide mission and then he goes out and gets a beating his interceptor he like crashes it and then the cool thing about that is he's got this um booby trap on it that he's been talking about the whole movie everybody has nearly set off his booby (laughs) trap like four times and then finally they're like "Eh, get the gas and then they set it off and he's got not only his car gas but he's got like you know gallons of it strapped to the back and it just blows up magnificently (laughs) that that was another touchstone that i enjoyed that i didn't really notice the first time i ever saw road warrior where his car is the car from mad max i mean it has the same engine that they talked about the same kind of lever press that makes it hit the nitrous or whatever and go really fast so so i actually when that car exploded i had a more emotion this time than i did the first time i'm like my god his car (laughs) his car the last two movies oh no yeah Yeah, well it's i mean he loses his car his dog he almost dies it's you know that was brutal you were correct the dog got hit by an arrow and that you know thankfully they were they did it sort of off screen Mm -hmm. so it wasn't totally horrifying but that was rather sad but they totally did the thump and you're like oh (laughs) but uh yeah and a great thing is like in the beginning of the movie they i i I guess they didn't do this in the australian version but in that little like newsreel setup they showed like mad max from the end of this movie Mm -hmm. and his face is all fucked up and his eye is sort of like his left eye is kind of droopy there's a shot in the middle of the movie where the dog they show the dog like straight on and you notice that like just his eye has been damaged at some point in a fight or whatever and his left eye is kind of droopy so mad max ends up looking like his dog by the end of the movie (laughs) which again little touch it doesn't really it's like what do you take from it i don't know maybe it's he turns into his dog well who cares um Hey, what did you think of this whole petrol red herring thing? Because I had no memory of that, where where we have Nor this I. huge extended like 15 minute car chase, which, by the way, we've sort of talked around it. But the, the movie culminates in we're going to make a run with all the gas in this truck. The entire movie's led to this. Oh, I know where a tanker is. Oh, I'm going to grab it. Oh, we're, now we're going to get out of here. And there's a crazy car chase. <laughs> like you thought the and, and like you said, the car chase at the beginning of Mad Max is cool. This like just completely overshadows it it's it's one of the coolest car chase sequences i've ever seen and actually i can see how fury road came about where they're like right. hey remember the greatest part of mad max <laughs> 2 what if that's the entire movie what if like, we just I already did that for 90 minutes the pitch line which by the way uh, we'll obviously talk about fury road when we get to it but it seems a good point to bring this up of one of the things i like about this movie that fury road has a lot less of is there's more downtime in the road warrior right. i feel like having lots of downtime scenes and stuff makes those like crazy action scenes so much more impactful whereas and we'll see when we rewatch right. it but i found in fury road it like a like a 90 to 100 minute non-stop car chase yes it's the best part of of the road warrior <laughs> but it loses a lot of impact if it's not contrasted with you know some calm well there is some calm in, in nah, fury I mean, road not, but we'll not get, a lot but. not a lot no i mean they they really tried to 
steroid it up. I think what I'm getting to, and I'm sorry, I know I'm talking kind of stream of consciousness, but but I think Road Warrior hits a really great sweet spot where right. it's like crazy enough to be highly entertaining, right? But grounded enough and sort of paced enough to be about the middle of everything and kind of everything's where you want it to be. Right. Well, and again, I, you know, I joked about it when we came back that, you know, he left the, the 15 minute amazing car chase for the end. I think that when we started watching this one and there was like stuff at the beginning where he's kind of being chased by these mutants or whatever, um, it's, it was a good chase, but it wasn't nearly as like bombastic as like the first chase in Mad Max. Sure. And you were, and I was kind of like, Oh, I wonder if like, Somehow this is going to be less uh, uh, bombastic than the than Mad Max somehow, and of course, like I say, it was just that he figured out, oh, put it in its right place. But I think right. that's part of that pacing you're talking about, which is like, okay, the first one is pretty good. It's you know maybe better than some of the middle ones, but the middle ones are pretty good too. And then you lead to this amazing blowout at the end, so that you you know end with that that high. Um, yes, but yeah, just uh, the pacing is great. Oh, I lost my train of thought a bit, but but to go back to what I was talking about about the sort of MacGuffin, you know, oh yes, uh, yes red yes. herring thing. Uh, th- so so they they're driving this tanker in this amazing, unbelievable car chase, and the whole movie has led to it. But lo and behold, at the end, it's sort of it all crashes and it's all said and done, and then there's just dust and dirt in the tanker, and Mad Max is looking at it like, huh. And it turns out that the, the the people basically smuggled away earlier in some Volvos right. and just had all their gas in there. And from what I can tell, the movie doesn't really say, but it seems like Mad Max didn't know about this. Right. He seems genuinely surprised. So, so that's an aspect of the movie I had no memory of and I think is interesting, but it, it, it sort of didn't land as this huge, like... Kaiser Soze, oh my God! Moment for me. It was kind. Of, it was kind of almost not entirely necessary. What did you think of it? Um, well, actually, there was a point in the movie before they get started. The dude is like, it's one of those moments I was talking about where he's talking and there's sort of other ambient sounds, so you don't hear every word he's saying. But he's laying out the plan. the The, the leader of this tribe is laying out the plan for what's going to happen. He's like, we're going to drive the truck out. They're going to come after the truck, so that'll be our distraction, and everybody else just split off and go. So basically, what you think he's saying is like, well, they're going to go after the gas. Hopefully the gas makes it, but everybody else will be safe. Uh, and I thought in that moment, I was, it, I did have a flash of like, well, then why not put the gas elsewhere? If they think, if they think it's in the tanker, why not just split it up and you know move it up with the with the cars? And I was like, eh, they probably can't sure. do that. Well, and that's makes, exactly what they did. It makes sense why they think driving the tanker is really important because right. it's basically a suicide mission yeah it's like a target that, it's yeah. just a giant like come and hit me yeah so you, at first you think they're debating like who's the best driver or something but th- then you come to realize at the end it's like oh who's basically putting it out there on the line to save the rest of us right he's it's a, and maybe that's you know maybe max had no idea but he certainly seemed to be like volunteering because he's like well i got nothing else right they, you know they kind of say they say to him well well i should we you know he had made a big stink about like i'm not doing it now you know, I, I fulfilled my contract and they're like, well, why do you care now? He's like, well, I've got to now. And you kind of get the impression yeah. that he's like, I've done, I, I've hit the end of my road. And now this is all that's kind of left for me. I, I think that's why that that section isn't quite working for me. It's not that it doesn't work. It's fine. But but he, sort of him with his tail between his legs, having just <laughs> had his ass kicked and then right. going like, hey, listen, I know five minutes ago I said, no, I wouldn't do this. <laughs> but can you please let me do it? Isn't that cool? Like, it's right. fine. I think the ideal version of this, maybe it's a little too fucking Han Solo, is like they're on the road. 
oh no we're in trouble <laughs> and then in comes mad max's car and right. it's like we thought he abandoned them but he comes in i feel like that's a more heroic moment but maybe that's not what they were going for i think that's why i'm analyzing is like what was the intent of this sort of I, getting your you ass know, kicked and, and I kind of like that it's that it's on it's not subverting that hero thing but because you he's doing exactly what you would expect he was gonna yeah, that's do that's true it's not a subversion but it really is kind of like a yeah it makes sense that he would like he'd, he'd be like all bravado and then he gets an ass whooping and he's like well that that happened I guess I have to do the only thing left now so I don't know it didn't it didn't maybe like land as heroically as what you're talking about but it also didn't like I don't know I didn't actually question it that much so sure um uh, but let's talk there's a few things i want to talk about in that like ending chase that i thought were just magnificent like one thing that i thought was great is and it, it this is a kind of a running thread throughout but like they've basically got in the last you know chase he's got like six shotgun shells and it's like each one of those is like a huge deal. Like he only had one basically right. in the middle of the movie and he tried to use it and it failed and it was like a big fucking deal that it failed. So like, okay, he's got six and then he's driving the truck and then like four of them spill out and he loses <laughs> them. You're like, oh shit, that sucks. And so now he has four or whatever. And then like, then he shoots a few people and he gets down to one and it's like bouncing on the hood of the truck. So he's got to send the feral kid after it. And you know, the red Mohawk guys. I just, I really liked that. In a movie like this, usually the guns are like the, yeah, we've got unlimited ammo right. and we never even have to reload. Check us out. G -g 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 -g. Right. It was and the nice. first movies like that. Yeah, exactly. Like bullets aren't a problem. Right? Yeah. It, it, the scarcity of gas and the scarcity of bullets and all that, you can, they really made a big deal out of like how everything counts. Even in the beginning, like when he does his initial chase, he like crashes into like the gas tanker where he ends up using it later and gas is just spilling out and he just like, and there's still like, this gang is coming after him. They're still coming after him. He's like, well, I got it. I did. There's gas. And he starts like putting all these containers under the gas to catch it and like, you know, mopping up the right. dirt and like squeezing it. In. Like, and those guys are like threatening to come after him. And he's just like, well, they might, they're, they might, I, I just got to get this gas while I can. So I just love the, the importance placed on like little things. Yeah. The resource scarcity is really amped up and I think it makes for much better things. Yeah. I mean, what it, it just, adds so much motivation when it's like well if every little thing counts again it's that every little thing counts yes. um uh, another thing i was really impressed by and i was not expecting this at all nor did i have any memory of it this movie has two straight out of a horror movie boo scare moments <laughs> that i was not prepared for one is like mad max is looking at the wreckage of a of an accident and, and just all of a sudden opens the door to a truck and a dead, horrifying dead body comes <laughs> flying out at him as the music goes like, Gah! and we were watching and I legitimately went, because ah! <laughs> I was just not ready for that. And I, that I just got a laugh out. And then at the end, this um, shotgun shell you're talking about, the precious shotgun shell is waiting on the, the dash of or on the engine block of this uh, car they're driving and then the feral kid is is sent out by mad max who has no problems going like go get the shotgun shell <laughs> get out there risk your life for that thing. do your duty and he's slowly crawling up like reaching his hand out like just trying to grab the shell and out of absolute fucking nowhere mr crazy mohawk kind of mini boss guy comes jumping out like right like jaws just out of the the front of the car well because he got ah! hit he got hit by it earlier he yeah. like rammed into the front so of the you, car you think he's dead you presume right. he's already dead and then all of a sudden just bloody face like mad crazy claw out and i again went ah! 
Because <laughs> I was also not prepared for it. I don't know. Uh, that was just an interesting touch. I just remember, too, the great thing is all this, all this loaded pressure is put on the, getting this one shell so he can, like, you know, shoot just one more dude, and he never uses it. Yeah. Like, it, it, it ends up getting, like, flying off the car as he collides with Lord Humongous <laughs> and crushes everybody and blows up the truck. Amazing. Uh, the other thing I really liked about the uh, ending chase and it speaks to again this world that they've created is like at one point they're pulling out like grappling hooks and throwing i mean and there's a real grisly death where like they throw a grappling hook at the the oh, truck yeah. hook the guy there's a guy like kind of playing defense on on top of the the truck it hooks into his leg and then rips off the thing that he's standing on so he just like Oh, gets crushed on the road like paper mache just under a truck or something. Yeah, it was. But brutal. the great thing is they have. A, there's another one of the other uh, gang members throws a grappling hook at the truck and it hooks in in there. And you're like, oh shit, what are they gonna do? And they have obviously not thought this through because it just yanks the car into the air yep. and kills. Them. <laughs> it was like a on the back of a just married car tin can, you know, hanging <laughs> off, just yeah. rattling around, just flying everywhere, and that looks super dangerous. Yeah. Like, I, it was there's amazing. just metal and scraps flying i mean that's another thing like much like the first mad max every frame of all this stuff you're wincing with like holy shit like it it, it just looks so dangerous and violent right like i can't believe they got that stuff yeah and I, everything is just metal and chrome and sharp edges and heavy objects whapping you in the face <laughs> but I'll, to go back to like the more uh, like the grappling hook idea another guy had like this mace like made out of like, it wasn't even a mace though it was like made out of car parts and it was and he kept swinging it and nearly bashing mad max's brains in and i was just like i just appreciated like wow this is basically like a pirate ship yes. that's being you know taken over by a bunch of vikings and it's just i you know the the mixed imagery like the western with the vikings with the pirate I, and there was a point earlier on actually when one of the gang members was like swinging like on, <laughs> on a chain yeah. and like did a captain yeah they're blood. coming in on ropes and and, and on pulleys and stuff trying to get the gate open which right. is like a, a metal school bus that's blocking the front door and yet the idea is like open the gates open the gates and it yeah it felt literally like pirates invading a ship it was yeah they sort of it's like they've taken advantage it's like it's not just oh it's like a western oh it's post it's like throw in everything yeah, it's all of it <laughs> it's everything and it's all the on their sink. bodies yeah <laughs> yeah it, man that it's was amazing a pretty fucking good movie well i suppose that this is just say. redundant at this point <laughs> however i think for uh posterity's sake john longino does the road warrior hold up yes <laughs> absolutely yes oh good i am honestly one of the strongest we've maybe ever had like yeah. i you know it, it's it's in the pantheon right. of strong holds <laughs> up like there did nary a shadow of doubt it yeah up. i agree I, I i had a great time i mean there was again there was that point at the very beginning where it was kind of oh this is fun but it's not i i remember this being a lot you know bigger and, and then it it then it unleashed yeah <laughs> once the humongous rolled in on his megaphone and people started losing fingers it really never <laughs> let up after that like yeah. it was great it was awesome so uh yeah well Maybe the easiest of the does it holds up of the Mad Max quadrilogy. We uh, we can now put this down. Double holds up for Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. So, John Longino, that means in another week or so, what does that mean for us? That means we'll be watching for part three, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Oh, shit. This is a big question it mark. be my <laughs> first viewing. I've never seen the movie. And it's been a while since I've seen it. And, uh, ooh. 
I have uh, vague thoughts, but uh, we'll get to that in a week or so. If you want to write us, you can write us at holduppodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, holduppodcast.com, and you can send us movie ideas. You can uh, send us emails. Tell us what you think. Tell us, yes, of course the Road Warrior holds up. You assholes. I didn't need to listen to your hour-long show <laughs> to get that. Thank you very much. Hey, you don't know until you check. Exactly. We love listener input, so hit us. All right. We will see you in another week or so. And until next time. Nobody move. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody move. Nobody gets hurt.